Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. What does a beautiful female voice do to you, dear listeners? The first time you heard Beyonce, Mariah Carey. You remember the first time you heard Mariah Carey? I do. It was in the early 90s. My older sister played her. What about Tina Turner, Christina Aguilera, Celine Dion, Linda Ronstadt, Billie Holiday? These are voices, guys, that they stick with our soul the first time we hear them. And that's for a reason. They make us feel. They make us shake. They make us dream. They make us levitate. They make us they make us feel human. And guys, today's guest is a voice that goes straight into your soul. And she's an amazing human to boot. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, Liz Longley, an accomplished singer-songwriter based out of here, Nashville, Tennessee. Deeply emotional music, Longley has earned accolades from some of the most prestigious songwriting competitions in the country. She's been praised by critics and fans, Dallas Morning News, Billboard, Forbes, Newsweek. She's a voice, guys, that you need to hear. You need to hear. She recently released in uh, late 2020 her sixth studio album, Funeral for My Past, produced by Paul Moak, five-time Grammy-nominated producer, which was actually um, made with uh, with her devoted fan base, helping her out with Kickstarter money and uh, record-breaking at that. So we are honored to have Liz today. She shares her incredible and unique journey because she has a unique journey, guys. Every every artist has a unique journey. Liz's is no exception. A beautiful journey at that. So we're honored to have Liz. She shares her awesome story. We hope you guys like it. You know, her website is LizLongley.com. We encourage you guys to check it out because as soon as we return to the stages, uh, you need to hear this uh, voice live, guys. So without further ado, guys, we welcome you to the show. My name is Jamie Rodriguez. Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Lots of, as you know, lots of stuff happening with J-Rod Concerts Media. Lots of new shows, lots of new things happening. So check out jrodconcertspodcast.com for the latest. So let's get on it. Liz Longley on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. How are you? Yeah, on this cold Nashville day. Yeah, I haven't been outside. You're in so. Nashville, right? <laughs> I am. Absolutely, absolutely. I love it. I look at that compound. It's so elegant. I love the windows. Love the lighting. <laughs> Thank you. It goes with your black fashion. It's perfect. <laughs> my dog's asleep on the oh, couch. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> the, oh, there's the dog. What, what, what's your dog's name? That's Stella. She just turned nine. She's a sweet old oh, girl. Love Stella. You know. The, Aren't they the big winners of our, of all this list? You know, the Seriously. big winners. <laughs> I think she's aged a little bit from the just the emotional roller coaster of the year, but you know, she helped sure, us a whole lot. Sure. 
<laughs> Absolutely, Liz. So, so I mean, let me introduce you to my audience really quickly, Liz, because maybe some of them don't know you. But I mean, Liz Longley is an incredible talent, even better human being, incredibly accomplished. And Liz has a prolific career already. You've won some of the biggest songwriting awards in the world. You've had your songs on TV shows, on like you know series finales, satellite radio, toured all over the world, and you're just simply an incredibly admired and respected artist. So, you know, welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Absolutely. I mean, by the way, funeral for my past, which came out in September. I can't. I can't. And, and we will talk about it. But like, oh, my God, this just spectacular, like all 11 Thank songs. You. insane. Um, but you. yeah, I, you know, one of the things that sticks out in your story list is how focused and hardworking you've always been. Um, I mean, here you are in Downington West High School in Pennsylvania, and you're recording a demo. You're performing in clubs competitions and all this while being a high school student like love that focus at least how did you did you get it from your family where did you get it from thank you um yeah i really did you know looking back i see how much i was shaped by my parents and um my dad was a musician uh for many many years and my mom always wanted to be a musician so music was highly uh encouraged and my career path was supported from day one but I think what helped is that my parents are entrepreneurs and they work together, they're business partners and mm -hmm. um, they built from the bottom up and they helped me to do the same in my music career. So I had their support from early on and they encouraged me and let me record my first songs. And then, yeah, I, I recorded it and sold it at school. <laughs> yeah. So I got started early. Good. But but that makes sense that your parents are entrepreneurs because, you know, part of being a successful business person is, is you know, per perseverance and failing and, you know, just keeping going, keep right. going, keep going. And I think that's uh, that's part of your story without a doubt. Absolutely. You got to fail sometimes, you know, it hurts a little bit, but I've learned so much along the way. And, you know, it's there's nothing there's no clear cut path as a musician. You know, it's just the world is ever changing, especially 2020 taught us that, like we have to learn how to be touring musicians at home for a whole year but you just kind of make it up as you go and ultimately the people that matter are the ones who listen to your music and you just keep making yeah. it for them and hoping it reaches them you know absolutely absolutely and um and how was that like in, like like you said in high school list like you know you're supposed to be doing this like activities that a normal person is doing prom you know kind of like bake sales whatever and like you're doing like this <laughs> different path like was that an interesting like uh, high school experience for you yeah, actually, I got to sing at prom. I was the the um, I got to perform there. So we we were so lucky. I I grew up um, with a girl named Sarah Zimmerman who played acoustic guitar for me growing up because I didn't know how to play, but I wanted to sing. I only played guitar uh, piano. So we played the talent show uh, every year, and we got to be part and of she, the marching she's, she's band. She's got a the, career of her own, right? She kind of she succeeded sure on her does. own. She sure does. Yeah, we after high school, we both went to college and uh, for music, she went to Belmont and I went to Berkeley. And so we live like a mile away from each other now. But yeah, she's got her thing with striking matches. And so um, we had a, a great time. We got to play all the time and our school was so supportive of us and let us get involved in all the things. I love it. So there you go. To any parents with aspiring singers out there, just move to Pennsylvania, <laughs> Downington. There's something in the water there. So that's it. There is. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> There's a little bit of a delay, but it's fine. Uh, Liz, so after high school, you famously attended, obviously, Berkeley, you know, one of, if not the best uh, musical school in the world in Boston. But what I love about this part of your story is, you know, how you started cutting your teeth with touring in the Northeast, in Canada, and the U.S. Um, you know, just built a really solid fan base that you still have to this day and is very loyal to you. Was this a fun time for you, Liz? Like, what are some of the memories of like just this like college time touring that sticks in your soul? Yeah, it was great times. Um, I was lucky to live in Boston and, you know, I had, like you said, started to build a career of my own in Philly. Uh, my mom's one of 10 kids. So, you know, I was a teenager playing these these bars and there, I wasn't even really allowed in these bars to play these gigs, but my entire family would show up and that was my my fan base in Philly. So pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then I really had to start over in Boston. And I absolutely loved my time there. I mean, I was soaking up all these courses on songwriting, which I mean, not every kid gets to go to school and learn about their favorite songs and why they're written and how they're written. So I love right. that. Um, but touring out of my minivan, honestly, to this day, I tore out of a minivan. And um, just through the snowstorms and meeting all these incredible people who are still a part of my life, I just, I really cherish that time. But it was a growing experience. I got to open for some of my favorite artists. Um, yeah. I got to meet so many incredible people. So really good times. Wonderful, Liz. Yeah, of course. And, you know, your fan base, you know, segues into the crowdfunding, which I should totally ask you about because it's such a, it's such a nice story. I mean, you had an amicable parting with Sugar Hill Records, who you made music <laughs> with before. And then, of course, you wanted your own masters, obviously, you know, which included this incredible album that you just released in September. Um, I mean, it's the tell that's all this time, right? The, uh, the music industry, you sign like your masters and then you want them back. When, when you and your team did the math list um, and realized that you needed, you know, $150,000 or whatever it was to buy back kind of like your masters, it sounds to me like you had incredible faith and certainty that things were going to work out. Like, like at no point does it seem like you were scared, which I'm sure you were a little bit, but like you just seemed like things were going to work out. You had a certainty. Well, thank you. I, I definitely struggled. I was very, um, it was actually my second Kickstarter that I ever did. So I was really hesitant to, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to ask of, of your loyal supporters who have been there for you through everything to say, hey, I really need you this time. Um, right. It's humbling. So it was definitely a, a low point. But um, the goal was for $45,000. And they showed up so big on day one that they far surpassed that initial goal. And then they raised $150,000. So it was far beyond anything I had ever imagined. And while I felt like it was doable to do 45,000, I never could have dreamed that it would turn out the way it did. And it was, uh, it was a really crazy time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it, you were like one of the most successful Kickstarter campaigns ever for a recording musician, if I'm not mistaken, it was just a yeah. grand success. And, and, you know, reading that Kickstarter letter list, it really, you, you really pour your soul in there. Like it's, it's, it's you at your rawest and, and you can feel it. And, and like you said, your fans showed up and it was beautiful. What did you learn about your fans or about the community that supports you from, from that experience? Yeah, I learned that I learned that we are um, so much closer, like that they value our connection as much as I do. You know, this is my whole life. They're my whole life. But to know that I get to be a part of their life and how much they were willing to show up for me in my time of need, it was uh, it was just uh, very affirming, you know. Yeah. Um, and I feel more connected to them than ever. Like they started calling themselves the lizards and now it's like this whole club, especially in 2020, they just showed up every time I went live online, they were there. 
Um, and now they know each other. They've started yeah. to connect to each other. They know each other's stories, where they live, how they know me. And um, it's really a community has been built. And uh, I just feel lucky, so lucky to be part of it, you know? It's beautiful. And I think we're seeing this pattern, Liz, like when things open back up, whenever that is, and, and you guys hit the, the stages again, I feel like there's going to be a Liz Longley and relationship with your fan base 2.0, like evolved. Oh. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> right, because because there's been like, you know, the past year and three months or whatever, a year now almost, like it's created like a different kind of intimacy, I feel like. Absolutely. Even though we we are, you know, very far apart from each other, I do feel so much closer to them. Um, so it's going to be great to hug each other at, after each show and just get to Amazing. see people and it's going to be great. Hugging. I remember that feeling. I know. <laughs> Amazing, Liz. So, of course, let's talk about your music for a second. I mean, Funeral for My Past, it came out in September 2020. I can't recommend people enough to check it out. And there was a great holiday album, too. But let's talk about Funeral because it's like a drop the mic moment for me, for your career. I mean, it must have been so fulfilling for you, Liz, right? Because of everything that transpired and, and your musical range also. You're just like showing off here. It's unbelievable. It's like you have a little bit of everything in this album. I mean, look, we can talk about it for hours. So let's just like stick to a few songs, Liz, because it's too damn good. But um, <laughs> yeah, I can't. It, it was like, I can't. But I have to, uh, let's, let's start with Long Distance, right? I mean, okay. Sweet Mother of the Pearl, Liz. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what the hell? When you're working on a song like this, Liz, um, because, you know, people think being a musician is so fun in games. It's so fun. It's just the good times. But writing a song like this is, is hard work. I mean, when you put a lyric like, I might as well be in New York city you know we can go live your california dream you know because i'm up in the kitchen you're down in the basement you're a thousand miles away from me what is how, how long does it take to just state a bridge like this like from from the thought in your head to when you're like ready to to like put it on the song yeah i think with every song it differs but um there's typically for the songs that make it to a listener's ear those to me are, are the ones that the first time i sit down to write it a lot comes out and I have a lot. It's like I've put all the clay on the table and then I get to sculpt it. And with that one, um, that song actually came about because I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw a meme that said, we've all been in a, a long distance relationship with someone who's standing right next to us. And I was just struck by that. I thought that yeah. was so powerful and I could relate to it. And all of a sudden I'm sitting in my house and I'm writing this song about that. And I'm imagining the couple that lived here before me, who mm. owned this house before me, who I knew got divorced. And I just started playing out this movie in my mind of these people in my house and like how they grew apart, you know, and seeing their own reflections in the mirror and looking at each other Damn. like, we're right there, but I don't know you anymore. You, know? you almost felt it. I would, I would argue you were almost, you almost felt the energies when you Absolutely. connected to that. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, so it was, it was, um, I had a lot of images to work with uh, instantly. And I think that's, that's a huge ingredient for a song that ends up getting on a record is like, is that first inspiration of it and, and how much comes, how much feeling and emotion you have to work with off the bat. And that one was, was uh, heavy from the beginning. <laughs> Unbelievable, unbelievable! It's, it's it's unbelievable. So so let me ask about because we're fascinated by the by the creative process here. Like when you when you are gonna when you're gonna write a song, mm -hmm. are you like are, are you in the discipline of, of okay? I'm going to my office with my dog nine to five, really disciplined, kind of cutting my teeth, or is it kind of like mostly like like this one? Like when inspiration strikes and like you're scrolling through Instagram, like 
Yeah. How is it? Mm -hmm. I wish I could say I was more the former, but I'm more the latter and inspiration will hit me and then a song will come pouring out. Um, oh, but, nice. but I also think, um, I think that I've kind of allowed myself to have different phases of writing. Like there will be months where I don't write anything that I love. I don't write anything and that can be really discouraging, but then it's like, I'm soaking up everything. And then who knows when the next phase comes and I'm writing a song right. a day and it's just pouring out. So, uh, it kind of ebbs and flows and I'm looking forward to the next time that I have a crazy writing spree. Cause it's, it's such an amazing, it comes so fast alive. and furious. That's yes. amazing. Yeah. I love it. Feel really alive. That's interesting because especially in this town, you know, we're recording in Nashville too, we're in the Gulch. It's like they, they put such an emphasis, academic emphasis on like the songwriting process. Like every day, you know, you work at it. So it's really actually refreshing to hear it. And it makes sense because a song like Muse, for example, like, yeah, like that is too real. That is too beautiful. Like that is from somewhere else. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it's, um, and, and that is from somewhere else. Like I, some songs, I don't know where, it came from mm. and I don't know how it landed on me, but it just like, it, it almost feels like it appears and it was waiting to be written. And it's been a struggle for me living in a town that is like you said, so regimented with songwriting co-write schedules. And, you know, right. it feels like, so like the nine to five. And I think um, it's been something that I've had to kind of work through since I've been here now almost 10 years. And it's like, mm. I have to balance being the songwriter at, who's like at work and then balance being like the artist who's just like this, yeah. I'm writing this for me. And the songs that I end up writing for me and I don't write with anyone else and they weren't scheduled. Those are the ones that end up on the record. I love it. I love it. Yeah, your B-sides must be insane. Um, <laughs> do, do you ever get self-conscious at least? Because like, look, I, I, like, I'll tell you what, like, I remember like in college, I did like a creative writing class and we we're supposed to do a poem and I did one about supposed about something that touches your soul. I did it about my father and I'm like, this is a piece of shit. Like this, I, I just <laughs> immediately, I would, like 10 minutes in, I'm like, I can't, I can't like, I could never be a songwriter because I'll be so self-conscious. Do you get self-conscious about like Absolutely. your ideas? Absolutely. I think that's a, a innate in an artist's process. I think um, it's part of it. I think it's what keeps us going. You have to constantly like dive deeper, prove yourself more to yourself. And um, yes, absolutely all the time. <laughs> I love it. So you almost like learn how to dance with that fear, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think the fear is, is, uh, is necessary. Oh my God. It's wonderful. 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 This, you know, I, you've been such an entrepreneurial spirit and that you've taken like the, your career by the horns. I'm curious, like your take on, you know, this Spotify, like kind of discussion that is like warming up more and more and more um, that is, you know, okay. It's people are getting streams all over the world. You're getting exposure in Japan, in every corner of the world. Uh, but then you get like your royalty check and it's like for $5 or whatever. It's, you know, it's like for every million streams, you get $300, something yeah. like that. Uh, just like, where do you fall in this spectrum? Um, just your take on this. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's tough to say. I think I've had different phases of, you know, at first I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to worry about it. And now I realize that it is a huge part of, of exposure, especially in a time where, you know, we don't really know how to get out to reach new people. I love the idea of getting on a playlist and somebody um, finding my music potentially, but it is, it is hard when you see the check come in the mail and it just makes me want to work harder. You know, it makes me want to just do everything I can to reach yeah. people. And 
Um, at this point, it's a necessary beast. So we have to kind of embrace it. And I think the best thing to do is embrace it and work with it uh, to our benefit as much as possible. But um, pushing it away and denying that it's part of our, our lives now is no longer an option. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Liz. Well, I mean, you've been so generous with your time. Uh, give us a little bit of a nugget. I'm sure you're working on a bunch of stuff. I'm sure you have some cards under your sleeve. Anything that you can uh, that you can tell us? Any, any yeah. little opening? Yeah, so um, I released Funeral for My Past in September of 2020, and I also now have an acoustic EP of six songs from the record that I'll be releasing at some point this year. Amazing. Uh, in the meantime, I'm staying creative on Patreon. That's something that I launched uh, not that long cool. ago. And it's a really great way for me to stay connected to people, share all the B-sides, all the unreleased songs, one a month, and then I do a cover video a month, and uh, I do some live shows and some meet and greets. So that's the way that I'm staying connected and staying afloat, you know, paying the bills. I love it. I love it, Liz. Well, I mean, listen, we've loved having you on the show. Um, I mean, you're such a gifted, talented. It's wonderful to share your energy. And um, so yeah, absolutely. And I think that we're turning the corner on the live thing. I, I, I just feel like, I know it's discouraging, but I, I just feel like we're closer to, to the end. I just, I hope so. Absolutely. I absolutely. sure hope so. Thank you for your time and for the absolutely. great questions. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, absolutely, Liz. I mean, absolutely. It's great connecting with you and thanks so much. Thank you. All Have right. Bye. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.